Hey, this is Casey Kearney, and you're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Please like us on Facebook, where you can click the anchor link to leave us a voicemail. You can follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. You can even email the show at StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. You can find our merchandise at tchip.com and by searching Stay Tuned. A big thank you to Jesus Perez for helping to set that up for us. And if you need any artistic help, you can look him up on Facebook at Ace in the Hole Signs and Graphics or Dirty Baby Original. And his website is aceintheholesigns.com. We are available on all major podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So please make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your support. Now, let's get into the show. All right. Well, welcome to another week of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And you can hear some music in the background, Troy. And, uh... This is one that you found, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I was I was doing a little research this week, and I was trying to find some things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, for some reason it just stopped there on us. But yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so the uh, nineteen sixty five, this song went to number one. Wow. And uh, of course, it's, of course, it's my girl by the Temptations, and uh, it was written by Smokey Robinson. Yeah, that's that surprised me to see that as well. And I guess Smokey Robinson, he had his hand in a lot of the writing of the music in Motown industry. Absolutely. So, yep. what an amazing guy! I remember when he was, uh, you know, yep. still very much in the public eye, and uh, just. Yeah, just uh, seems like a very down-to-earth guy, and uh, man, I could imagine the Temptations were like, oh, Smokey's going to write a song for us? That would be kind of yep. cool. <laughs> I would think so, yeah, and not just that, but, um, you know, this this, they, they, this it says here in the notes here that this was the first male act to have a number one hit for Motown as well, so. Yeah, that kind of shocked me, too, I guess, and I'm trying to think of the people in Motown, uh you know, obviously Smokey Robinson would have fit that, but who else? And I'm just kind of amazed that they're the first male act. You know? I know. And also, what surprises yeah. me is they didn't—they didn't even crack the the top twenty in England in the UK. Yeah, it says the single only reached number forty-three in the UK. Wow. But here's the interesting thing, and, and we were trying to figure this out. In 1992, the song was reissued. Yeah. And it made it to number two in the UK at this time. And the only thing I can think of is in late November of 1991, the movie My Girl was released with, um, you know, Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis and Anna, whatever her name is, Anna Chomsky or however okay. you say her name. So you said 1991 it was released? Yeah, November uh, of 91. You know what? Yep. The net to me answers it. Yeah, it has to be that, yeah. right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so that it reached number two there. Um you know, and that's pretty funny because a few weeks back, remember we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. and how that hit that hit on three different generations. Yeah, um, it did. And uh, so this one hit on two at least. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a it's a classic, timeless, endless song. It really yeah. is. Oh yeah, most definitely. And uh, do you? I mean, you were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. 
um, I know they're kind of re-releasing the commercial, like with uh, the folks Wayne and Garth. You know, did you see the oh, commercials really? oh, that I they're did in? See that. Yeah. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> now in commercials again, kind of replaying the uh, Wayne's World, and you know, obviously they look a little older, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of funny, you know, um, that they're still, you know, they're still trying to make it happen, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I could see a reboot of Wayne's World. I can honestly I, see a reboot of that. I could too. And did you also see? Um, when we were talking about Happy Gilmore a few weeks back as well, um, Christopher McDonald, who played Shooter McGavin, yes. and Adam Sandler, both said that they'd be up for doing oh. Happy Gilmore 2 if it was like if they were now on the senior tour instead. Oh, like, <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> and uh, and Adam, and here, I'm going to write it for him, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Sandler falls in love with Betty White on the senior tour. <laughs> That'll be his love interest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that would be the best. Oh, my gosh. That's I would watch stuff. that in a second. Speaking of reboots, um, now yes. um, Coming to America yeah. has been rebooted. And it yeah. looks amazing. It looks am- yeah. I can't wait to watch it. Um, oh, my gosh. It is so it – is, it looks awesome. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a good one for sure. I didn't get to see it yet, but that looks like a good one. Yeah, yeah, um, it yeah. It's you know, it's I don't know. I didn't really think that this would be as popular a time in entertainment as it is, but I, I found a lot of interesting things that happened during this time frame. Okay. Um. So another first uh, for a group was the Beastie Boys. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they became the first rap app act. To have a number one album in the United States with their debut album, Licensed to Ill. And that was March of 1987. How shocking is that? I mean, that 1987, well, yeah, I guess 1987 rap was still kind of making their way through. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just really interesting that a group like the Beastie Boys of all groups in the rap industry uh, makes it to number one. So that kind of shocked me. I was surprised that... um, like the Sugar Hill Gang or something like that wasn't on there. Or Run DMC. They... Good point. Right. I mean, Run DMC, in my opinion, is is the group that kind of invented rap, and if if you or or at least made it popular. Yeah, mainstream. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just kind of threw me off, and maybe maybe that there wasn't the genre rap yet, you know, and maybe that's why it doesn't fall into it. Possibly. Um, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty interesting to me. Um, it says this album is one of Columbia Records' fastest-selling debut records, and uh, I, yeah, March of '87. That's you know what, 20, 30, 30 34 years ago. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Think how ago. far think how far rap has evolved since then, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it went from Beastie Boys to. Um, well, actually, I would say Run DMC to Beastie Boys, maybe, and mm-hmm. and then you got to throw in. Where do you throw Vanilla Ice in that mix? Well, he was <laughs> he was what late? No, he early was more 90s. in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah, early nineties. Yep. Yeah. Um, now he's building houses. Yeah. On a TV show, correct? On a TV show, or he was? <laughs> I don't know if it's still running yeah. or not, but um, yeah, Rob Van Winkle. Yeah, what an interesting. Oh my gosh, it's. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting. But just think rap. about how far after 
like after the Beast Boys in '87, it wasn't too long about after that when mm-hmm. when the gangster rap really started hitting. Yeah, after that, you know. Yep. So I mean, true. that's when you had your you had you had your NWA, you had your um, um, well, I mean, of course, with NWA, you had like Eazy E, yeah. and you had um, Dr. Dre, who left NWA just shortly after that, and then he all of a sudden he found like Snoop Dogg and all the guys he found, you know, and. Yeah, and rap really took off from there. I mean, Wu Tang was in its beginning stages at that point. Um, yeah, there was a rap group that really had like they were considered like extremely vulgar, and uh, and I, I'm trying. It to... was probably NWA. No, it was another group. It was another group that was in there, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember their name. But they even appeared in. Uh, they actually, within the last few years, made an appearance oh. in Harrisburg. PA was it? Um... Oh my gosh! I know that's what's going to bug me because, um, but they were like considered very vulgar. In fact, a lot a lot of their stuff wasn't even um, allowed to air on any uh, network TV. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think if you took that same music today, it would probably you you would probably be able to watch it today. Yeah, I would say so. Um... Yeah, you know, we had some birthdays, too, in the music industry. And we have some on the other side, too. But let's get to the music people first. Sure. And uh, an icon, yeah. in, in my opinion, in the music industry, David Gilmore yes. of Pink Floyd, uh, born in 1946. Okay. And uh, so what that makes him, what, 75? Is that right? 1946 no. would make him 75, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so... Old. And we also had somebody else, Howie. Who else do we have? John Belushi. Oh, no. Um, not no, 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 no. Um, oh, um, as far as birthdays. Yes. Yeah, one of our own. One of our own, our very uh, own. Yes. guests, I guess you can say. Sarah Harrelson. Mm-hmm. So um, we couldn't find out how old she was. So, Sarah, if you're listening to this, you might want to <laughs> you know, let us know. I mean, don't be ashamed. You're, you're still young. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> we're guessing we're guessing you're in your mid-20s sarah so if uh like i said if you're listening to this kind of confirm that but uh but yeah happy birthday to sarah yes absolutely happy and, birthday uh, and yeah, uh she was a fun guest absolutely and uh really oh I, I think i know who the group you're thinking of finally go ahead it just came to me two live crew yes 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 two live crew yeah were you a fan of uh, any of the uh, rap um, groups back in the day? Like, I was a fan of the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I liked the Beastie Boys. Um, yeah, I liked the Beastie Boys. I liked. Um, I don't know. I got. An, I got. I did get a, on a little bit of a rap kick. Um, I would say probably mid nineties till the early two thousand somewhere. Okay. In there. Um, Somewhere in that range, I listened to a little bit more rap. Like, I liked a lot of uh, Big Punisher. I liked Notorious B.I.G. I yeah. liked uh, Fat, Fat Joe. Um, and there was a couple other guys. Noriega, I liked. Um, um, I would listen to LL Cool J every once in a while. Yeah, I liked LL Cool J as well. Yeah. Um, you know, another one that was out there that kind of helped mainstream rap, in my opinion, was Hammer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his and, 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 he, and then he ends up going, <laughs> he ends up going bankrupt and becoming a priest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, somebody. That's another thing too. It just amazes me where these stars just mismanage their money and 
I know. I know. You know it's, it's a shame. I was listening to uh, another podcast the other day, and it's, it's a former NFL player. And okay. um, he said uh, you could tell by the guys that were, like, like um, picked in the fourth round or later. He could tell by what first car they picked whether uh, they were going to have enough money or not. <laughs> like, or if they were going to end up being broke by the time they left. The oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be too funny. So he said, all of a sudden, these guys pulling these fourth round picks pulling up in these nice, you know, souped out cars. Are like, uh, yeah, you're going to be, uh, you're going to hope you're, you're going to have to hope you have a good career because you're uh-huh. not going to make it. <laughs> I know, I know, and that's why. And I almost and correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you don't know this, but I think when uh, players get drafted now, at least in the mm-hmm. NBA, I think they have to have um, like a financial advisor. I do not know that, but okay. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I thought the NBA kind of instigated that, and I thought that was such a good idea. You know, yeah, to have absolutely. them, yeah, to have them have to take classes in how to manage their finances and such, and uh, yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, "That's an awesome idea," especially with the NBA allowing these kids to, you know, come right from high school or to come, you know, straight one year out of college. Yeah, like I mean, they're, you know, some of these kids are eighteen years old. Like, yeah, think about a kid you know I mean? that's eighteen that's coming from the projects, doesn't even yep. know what it's like to own a hundred dollars, much less three million. You know, right. and now all of a sudden they're, yeah, it, it could be overwhelming and, and very addicting in a weird, in a negative way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, um, you know, spend your money wisely, folks. That's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not endless for sure. Yep. You know? And honestly, as long as you're, as long as you're a hard worker and, and you're able, you know, to make decent amount of money, it, it really, mm-hmm. It really isn't difficult to live comfortably. Sure. You know, on a on a middle, you know, middle income family type of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, as long as as long as you know how to manage your money, that's a big key, you know. Of course I want to, you know, after this podcast is over, I would love to go out and buy myself a Corvette, you know, right. and, and I could probably get the loan to do it and, you know, but Guess what? I have a seventy thousand dollar loan now that I gotta worry about for the next whatever exactly. many years, and yep. uh, it's just not worth it. Absolutely not. So and um, so, I guess we can move on over into the uh, the video side of entertainment instead of just the audio. <laughs> sure. And um, I, I thought this one was pretty cool, and maybe it's just me because I'm such a big fan. But um, Martin Cove yeah. was also born in 1946. <laughs> Um, and of course, Martin Cove is famous, um, for playing sensei John Kreese in the Karate Kid films and also in, um, the new Cobra Kai series. Man, I can't wait till that comes out again. It's so good, isn't it? It It really is so well done. Um, yep. And you know what? Let's think about it. Um, Ralph Macchio, um, uh, and I'm sorry, the name, the, name already slips uh, me but um William Zabka yeah and uh mm-hmm. you know all all those older actors in that show mm-hmm. let's face it what what other avenue do they have at this point in time in their life so let's play with this right. let's let's take this until it it completely dies you know cuz uh I'm I'm game I'll watch I'll watch Karate Kid um or Cobra Kai I guess you can say I'll watch mm-hmm. Cobra Kai for the next 15 years yeah absolutely and <laughs> The, the thing with William Zabka that is really interesting to me is, 
I know a lot of his early stuff, and I think he got away from the acting in the middle there and did more just behind the scenes stuff, yeah. like you know, directing, producing that type of stuff. Okay. Um, I, it seems like he really hit his mark as this new evolved character yes. of Johnny Lawrence. I know. Like he's, I think he steals the show. I really do. I agree. I agree because obviously, you know, um, he, he kind of comes out, he kind of comes off as a jerk in one, in one scene, but then mm-hmm. you find yourself rooting for him in another yep. scene, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, come on, Johnny, stop drinking or stop getting yeah. drunk and, you know, do yeah. whatever. But, uh, you know, but he's just a regular guy going yeah. through regular life problems. Like, and of course he's going to hit hiccups in the road and mess up and whatever. But that's called life. All, <laughs> exactly. But but all in all, after it's all said and done, he does have a good heart. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't know so, how to put it to use. Right. You know. So yeah, it's it's it's. I, I love his character. I, I love the too. way they evolved it. Um. So yeah, and. One more birthday I want to get to here. Um, and this one was kind of interesting. And it, it could take us down a whole different rabbit hole, really, if we wanted to. I could see the smirk um, on your face. You're already <laughs> thinking of that rabbit hole. So in 1947, Rob Reiner wow. was born. So he's 74 and years old. 74 years old, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, In the you know, 70s, he was known as what, Troy? He was known as Meathead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, all in the family with yeah. – uh, Archie Bunker. Carol O'Connor. Yeah, Carol O'Connor playing Archie Bunker. Oh, and uh, What a you know. fun show. That was another show that I wish – I don't even know how they could bring it back. Even though I know Jimmy Kimmel kind of brought it back on a little mini clip. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that that what an awesome show. In fact, I think in that mini clip, Woody Harrelson played Archie Bunker. You're right. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but yeah, Rob Reiner, best known as Meathead, and he was sort of like, if you throw him in today's era, he's the um, advocate for you know pretty much anything. You know, he's the one that's protesting, and uh, he's the one that would be against, um, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, in today's mm-hmm. day and age, he would be mm-hmm. that person, but. He was also in a family <laughs> that did not see his views the same way. Yeah, to yeah, say the that's least, for sure. To say the least. So, um, so yeah, we, it was funny because even you know, even his daughter would try to stick up for him sometimes, like Archie's daughter. Um, but oh, yeah. still, sometimes there would be some conflict there between the husband and wife because just the way she was raised was totally different than the way he was <laughs> raised, obviously. And uh-huh. It's, uh, yeah, it was interesting for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that really, Rob Reiner, I mean, obviously you remember him for that acting role, but it was probably more of his directoral yeah. things is probably, is probably more what he's known for. Like oh, Stand yeah. By Me um, is probably the real big one. That was a great movie. Yeah. Um and I don't know why I'm thinking did he I'm trying I'm trying to look through his work right now as we're talking sure. so the pride, uh, Oh, The Princess Bride. Oh, was that him? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yep, that's the other one. Misery was another one. The movie yeah. with um uh James Caan and okay. um crazy lady um Oh my gosh! What is her name? <laughs> She's in the um, American 
horror story shows that are out right now okay, too. Yeah. And um That's out of my wheelhouse, Troy, so Kathy Bates. Oh Kathy Bates. yes, Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Kathy Bates. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rob Reiner, he he probably is best known for his directing and and uh mm-hmm. and such and yeah, he's he seems like a pretty cool guy too. He doesn't seem like he's one of those where he's all about himself. He just wants to mm-hmm. make good music or good movies and uh, and yeah, he. I don't think he was a bad actor either back in the day. No, so. there's. I mean, here's some other ones too. And I did. Wow. Um, he did. Um, this is Spinal Tap mockumentary. The thing oh, that they did. Yep. He, okay. he did that. Uh, he wow. did a few good men. Okay. And he did when Harry met Sally as well. Oh my gosh! So, so yeah, he, so he did okay for himself. He did okay for himself. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Wow. I wonder. I wonder if shows like Archie Bunker or All in the Family. I guess you can say, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, I was always a big fan of watching Sanford and Son and uh, the Jeffersons. You know, Sanford and Son was absolutely my favorite show. Was it really? Um, oh, I love really that show was. too. I have I have every season on DVD. Do you yeah. really? That is awesome. I yeah, yeah, I always think about it. It's like you dummy. You know, you and, big uh, dummy. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red Fox. Uh, oh, he was the best. Man, he was ahead of his time for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, he was good. Um, Yeah. But yeah, how would those shows fare today? Like, what what kind of, like... Like, we talked about protests. What kind of protests would spark up with those shows making their debut in today's day? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, It's it's hard. It's, it's, It's a tough game to play right now because... There's so many funny things you could do like that, and and really have fun with it. Yeah, and you, you do want to t- try to take people's con- feelings into consideration. Sure, but in the same breath, like it's like one of those things where not everything's for everybody, right? Right. So why can't we just get to the point where you know, hey, this doesn't look like it's going to be for me. I don't think I'm going to like it, so I'm just not going to watch it. Yeah, I don't have to go out and throw a picket sign outside because. <laughs> You know, because I don't you know, agree with uh, your way of thinking, right? Because Red Fox is out here throwing a show and making fun <laughs> of white people or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I so. know. I know. I, I, yeah. I don't understand it. Jokes are what they are. They're jokes. You know. Yes. They're, they're just to make you laugh. They're, they're the, they're just funny. I mean, like I said before, um, Eddie Murphy was one of my favorites. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. probably still to this day. My all-time favorite stand-up comedian. Now, think about some of the raunchy stuff that he threw out there on stage. Absolutely. um, Especially, like, like towards, like, the gay community. Even towards the black community, he would make fun of himself. He would make fun of the... You know, he made fun of everybody. There was not a single person he didn't make fun of. White, black, gay, straight. Uh, And, yeah, he just threw it out there. I remember he even did a... A skit, not a skit, but he did a a stand up routine about him and Mr. T, you know. And, oh, really? uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was like, could you? Well, I'm not going to get into it because I'll get in trouble myself. <laughs> but but let's just say that uh, Mr. T uh, played, uh, and and he even did the voice of Mr. T as a stand up. But oh, he, geez, I can imagine. Yeah, so he played Mr. T as a gay man. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And but it was funny. Oh my gosh! It was funny. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't take it like I didn't take it personal. Obvi- I mean, obviously, I'm not a gay gay man, but I don't think I would have taken it personal if I was. 
Right. You know, and, yeah, because uh, it's not like he was picking somebody out of the crowd right. because of that. It's just, yeah, yeah. But it's, people don't know don't, how. I mean, think about it. Um, what do what do we do those um, uh, the roastings that go on. Absolutely. You know, um, that's what it is. You know, it's yeah. it's roasting, and it's not to make fun of you. It's to celebrate you. It's to yeah. It's to enjoy life and be able to laugh at anything. Right. You know, people are going to start dying sooner, I think, because they're so overly sensitive and they're so overly worried about how their feelings are going to be hurt that it's going to cause like some depression issues and it's going to it's going to do a lot of things that just spins people in a downward spiral, you know. Absolutely. And that made me think of some I saw a billboard I was just driving by the other day and uh said something like um he who has laughter lives for a week or something like that or he who doesn't have laughter dies in a week or i yeah. I, and, and it was and it was a play on words uh-huh. um i'll have to try to see if i can find it but it just made me think of that and uh, yeah let me let me see if i can find it okay yeah and but, uh, um, i mean yeah think about that i mean think about the um the 80s and uh and the 70s you know uh think about the richard priors of the world you know the red foxes yeah. and um you know those guys were i mean just they were who they were, you know, they just happened to be black folks that, that made fun of other people. And, uh, and it was funny, you know, and same yeah. thing. There's, um, Oh, what's his face? Uh, guy who passed away. Um, but he always, he, I think he came up with like the, the seven dirty words or something like that. Um, comedian. Oh, George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. And, you know, George Carlin was another guy who didn't hesitate to make fun of the way society was thinking, you know? And uh, it's like, it, it's what it is. So. I found that quote. What is and it? And it's um, seven days without laughter makes one week. But it's not spelled weak as in W E E K. Okay. It's W E A K. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I just saw that on a billboard the other day when I was driving, and I thought that was interesting. And it's true. Yeah, it is. It very is true. true. Like laughter is so important to your body. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just being able to have a good time and laugh, and it, 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 I guess I think it like uh, does something with your endorphins or something like that, and it it does all kinds of stuff to your to your body. To, it, yeah, yeah, it does. Like when when someone like for example, um, like if you go down the mental health realm of things. Um, you know, if like if you're cutting yourself through depression and such, mm-hmm. the uh, the endorphin release of that is the same as running for three miles. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's and it's it's that type of I don't know. It's it's really it, it messes with your your insides, really, when you get all depressed and worried and, you know, people get sick. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a fact. And I don't know why people can't laugh, not only laugh at themselves, but just laugh in general. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can laugh at you, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. I've been <laughs> I've been called every racial slur. I mean, personally, I have been, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I just kind of laugh it off. It's like, okay, well, I'm glad you think that way. And uh, yeah. whatever, you know, have a great day, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to throw it back at you because that's not what I believe in. And uh but if that's the way people want to be, that's what they want to be. 
I don't understand why we are so sensitive today. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's I, I know. I, I hope things kind of lighten up at some point mm-hmm. here, um, where people can just start having a little bit more fun again because it, it's an important thing for our health. It really yeah. is. I mean, <laughs> you talked about that quote. What about sticks and stones? Yeah. They break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, guess what? That person's not living in today's society, you know, because <laughs> apparently words are killing people. You know, yeah. they're literally killing people to the point where we can't even, or even just even just pop culture is killing people. You know, we, to the point yeah, where sure. we can't even we can't even display the Confederate flag in shows that were happening years ago um like yeah. happy days i don't know if you heard did, did we talk about this before uh i don't think so there there's um there's a scene in happy days or actually many scenes in happy days where in richie's richie cunningham's room in the background it has i think it was the daytona 500 but it mm-hmm. had a picture of the confederate flag on that poster Mm-hmm. Well, now every time you watch reruns of Happy Days, they blur it out. Mm. It's like, you know what? Things happened back in the day. Why are we hiding it? Yeah, it, it? And the whole thing is that reminds me, and every time I see somebody say something about, oh, well, now this movie's getting pulled off the shelves, or this yeah. book's getting pulled off the shelves, or whatever, Dr. it makes Seuss. me think, Dr. Seuss, yep, yeah, that's another one that's just happening now. It makes me think, did you ever read the book Fahrenheit 451? No, but I know of it. Okay. And it's a book basically about um, a society that wants people to only know what they want them to know. So any <laughs> book and anything that has anything to do with it, they get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. They just, they burn it. They, it's a big burning thing. It's Fahrenheit 451. Yes. And it just, it reminded me of that. Like That's the route we're like, heading. I don't like, know. And every time I see somebody say something, I just comment, Fahrenheit 451. Read it. Because oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know, it's just the same thing. It's like, you're only being allowed to learn what they're telling you to learn. You mm-hmm. can't read anything that was old, any old books or anything like that. Like, yeah, and and look at um, I mean, w- once again, I you know we should learn from history. Really, is what it could should mm-hmm. come down to. But uh, but look at 1940s, uh, or actually look at even today's culture. Look at China today. Look at um, North Korea today. They only allow their people to see what they want them to see when it comes to um, the Internet, when it comes to, uh, you know, when it comes to TV. It's all got to be geared towards their culture and their beliefs. And you're not allowed to explore other people's beliefs. And that's kind of where we're headed. Absolutely. We're dividing this country to the point where you're. You know what? If if you believe that for you know, and I'm just gonna throw out Dukes of Hazard. If you believe that Dukes of Hazard are is a fun show to watch, well then you're automatically racist, right? You know, um, it, it's just I don't know. I it's stupid. It's, it's, it's stupid. It is. It is. So we had one more thing we wanted to touch on with uh, as far as the entertainment industry though. Yes. And uh, so what? This is two days ago, um, 1982. Yeah, March uh-huh. 5th, 1982. John Belushi uh, died from an yeah. overdose of cocaine and heroin, and um, boy, he he died way too young, didn't he? He sure did. He was the um, one of the originals of Saturday yeah, Night Live. He was. He was one of the originals, and um, the Blues Brothers got yeah. really big with him. Um, that was a. Fun he also was in. Movie. He was also in Animal House. Yep. 
Um, One of my favorite comedies, by the way, Animal House. I have that DVD. <laughs> I watch it once in a while. Um, he is so funny in that. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people compared him to Chris Farley, who I who I like a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the same type of thing and just couldn't get out of his... Um, his demons. His phase with his... Yeah, his demons with his drugs and alcohol and whatever else. And uh, Yeah. But I thought it was interesting, too. And on his tombstone, in his tombstone, it says, "I may be gone, but rock and roll lives on." <laughs> yep, I know. Uh, uh, you know, it just it just seemed like such a, a bluesy thing to say. Yep, because he just never seemed to want to do anything for himself. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so he yeah. doesn't care that he's gone as long as rock and roll keeps living. Exactly. That's all he cares about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and and honestly, I think if you were to if if we were able to talk to him today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have changed a thing. You know, he, he You're probably right. Yeah, You're probably right. He enjoyed life the way he was living it. I mean, yeah. you, he was just one of those people where I don't know that he, I don't think he intentionally overdosed. I, I just think he was enjoying life to the fullest. And he was like, you know what? If I die early, I'm going to die enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably right. Yeah. That's kind of what I believe about him. He just seems like that type of person. I think with I think if we go down the avenue of Chris Farley though, I think Chris Farley probably didn't enjoy himself as much as uh, maybe like a Belushi did. I think Chris you might Farley, be right. Yeah. That might be the difference there. Yeah, and I remember um, listening to interviews with David Spade, uh, who was mm-hmm. one of his best friends, and mm-hmm. I remember David Spade would say, you know, Chris Farley would call him because he was just feeling lonely. Yeah, you know, and I think I think that was going on with him, where he was just as much as funny as he was on screen. He was probably twice that much depressed off screen. Isn't it crazy with some of those comedians like that? How mm-hmm. they just live to make people laugh, but inside they're just not content themselves. Oh my like, gosh, we could sit down probably every single comedian. You yeah, know, they're they're doing something to hide something. Yeah, most <laughs> of them. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. It um, is. It is. Most uh, yeah. So, John Belushi. I, I, how old was he when he died? Do you remember? I want to say he was. Hmm, for the life of me, I want to guess thirty-seven. I don't think he was that old. Um. Let's see. So he was born in forty-nine. Died in eighty-two. So thirty-three. Okay. Oh wow. Not even thirty-seven. Yeah. So thirty-three yeah. years old. I mean, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and a lot of people thought that you know you remember Sam Kinison. Yeah, um, a lot of people thought that Sam Kinison would die the same way. You know, he would end up overdosing and or killing himself or something like that. But well, how did he die? Well, it was kind of ironic. He died because he was hit by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh, I do remember that. Yeah, how ironic is that? You know, yeah, someone like that. I mean. There was a guy who had a lot of demons going on too. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do remember his big MTV hit though, his music video, "Wild Thing." Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that'd probably be offensive to somebody this day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think? <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, you know what? You, you kind of bring up an interesting point. You know, where think about the stuff we watched on MTV as kids when MTV yeah. was actually MTV. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. and 
you know, the music videos were all about exposing, you know, attractive women and, uh, you know, and, and things like that. So, um, well, just think about a lot of the songs you listen to and how many innuendos are in the songs, yeah. even going back to the fifties and sixties and stuff, you know? Yes. Like, well, yeah. Fifties and sixties. What is that one song that talks about, um, hooking up with a, you know, she's only 17. Um, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. Will Winger had that song. It was in the eighties called 17. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, tr- what about, um, Brown Eyed Girl? Isn't that, that's, there's a lot of sexual innuendos yep. in Brown Eyed Girl. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> every Aerosmith song. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, um, do you know, real yeah. quick, I want to get off topic here just a second. Cause you just brought something to my mind and this is so cool in the song. Um, Sweet Emotions by yes. Aerosmith. Did you ever hear his interview on Howard Stern and how they how they did that riff for Sweet Emotions? I remember okay. his interview, you know, but I don't know now. How, okay, I don't know how at the did. beginning of the song, you know, there's that like, um, yeah, type thing like before it starts going into the beat and yep. everything like that. He said that somebody was supposed to bring some sort of uh, tambourine or something in to make that noise and they forgot it into the studio really so he saw he saw a sugar packet laying over oh to my the gosh and he's using a sugar packet right up to the microphone <laughs> to do that oh, that's perfect <laughs> that that does not surprise me that is so cool that is awesome yeah that's and what now, I, you got this this iconic song now that's what 50 years old mm-hmm. or whatever it is is it i don't know how old it is maybe 40 years old but well so but, emotions uh, yeah. you mean yeah. Oh no, it's not that old. It's in the eighties. It's probably in probably thirty plus years old. Was it only in the eighties? Uh huh. Okay. I thought that was one of their seventy hits. No, one of their seventy hits is the um I know Dream On was. Yeah, there, Dream but... On. But uh Sweet but... Emotions I think was eighties, if I remember. Okay. Well then I have my timing off just a little bit. But... Yeah. And you know their um... song Amazing. Mm-hmm. You know that it says released in seventy five. Oh really? Sweet mm-hmm. Emotions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you got me on that one. Yeah, seventy. So that's five years older than me. So that makes it forty-five years old. Wow. Wow. Okay. Can um, you imagine that song's forty-five years old? I never would imagine that. And not yeah. only forty-five years old, but they're they're still kicking the, the band. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, well, you can even go back to Rolling Stones if you want to go. That oh, jeez. I don't even yeah. think they're alive, really. I, I think just, they just put. Just like I think they just put Americans. their corpses on the stage and and play their music. <laughs> That's not true. If you'd see Mick Jagger moving around yet, yeah, that, I know, I know, he can still move for sure. Um, but the the song "Amazing" that was actually written locally here in Pennsylvania. Was it in Lidditz? No, it was in Warnersville. Oh really? Yeah, when he um, when he was a patient in the rehab, um, okay, he wrote the song "Amazing," and it was a, okay. it, it was all about him recovering from drugs and and getting himself yeah. clean again. Yeah, so well, good for him. That yeah. Was, yeah, in fact, uh, um, some of the best songs that people come up with is when they're in that when they're in that state of mind when yep. they're you know what I mean. Oh like, yeah, that's crazy. Well. It, when I used to work for that place that he was at and, uh, and, yep. I, and I was actually able to bring him into the facility, him and, uh, a couple of the other band members and, and the manager and such. And, uh, yeah, he, he wrote the song amazing. And not only that, but he also paid to have the child adolescent center built there. He paid for that. Oh, nice. building. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, that was his contribution to kind of thank them for getting him clean and sober. And, uh, and he actually, they, he actually gave them his gold record for the song. Amazing. And it's, dis- Get out of here. yeah, it's displayed in the child adolescent center when you go Get into the, the lobby. Out. Yeah. So that uh, is really cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize how nice of a guy Steven Tyler is. I mean, mm-hmm. amazingly nice. Like, yeah, so, yeah, so generous. So, but, um, yeah, I would have never guessed that. The reason I said Lidditz is because, um, of the Claire Brothers studios. Have you heard of the Claire Brothers or, uh, no, tell me more. Okay. Well, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I just know that there was a recording studio and I believe it was in Lidditz. I think they had one in Mannheim also. Okay. And, um, a lot of like the police, the synchronicity album. Yeah. They, they, they recorded that. Uh, really? At the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and I think, I think they're still around, but I don't know that they do any, I think they just make like speakers and stuff now. I don't think they really record albums or anymore. Yeah. That is weird. I never would have thought a town like Lidditz and, uh, folks that are listening that are, you know, not from here, but Lidditz is in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, which is really in the middle of nowhere. When you think about it, I guess it's, I guess it's what within a half or probably an hour. Yeah. It's probably about a half hour from a, oh yeah, about about an hour from Philly. Yeah. If you take yeah, that 30, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, and probably a half hour from us ish. Yeah, so. yeah. Claire Claire Global is the name of the company now, wow. and um, and it says it founded in Lidditz in 1966 by uh, brothers Walter uh, Claire and Roy Claire. Okay, and um, yeah, and it said they also did have a studio in Mannheim. Um, wow. It says called Claire Companies Audiovisual Consultant in Mannheim. Okay. And according to uh, when I just Googled it here, it looks like they're, both those offices are still open. Wow. Um, yeah. And I and if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot – I think they do a lot of um, setting up speakers at shows and stuff like that now. You know what? We should try um, to talk to them. That would be interesting if we could it, try to find somebody from there. Yeah, Absolutely. it would be. Um, yeah, that might be a goal of mine to reach out to them and see – if they'd be interested in talking about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. I'd like to know, you know, some of the albums and, and people that might've recorded there, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. would be pretty cool. Yeah. That, um, and just like how, like, like why, why lit it? I mean, other than you live there, but knowing, knowing that the New York and Philadelphia or, you know, those are probably the cities that you might want to, set shop up and sure so i'd be curious to hear that yeah because i mean like you said Lidditz, you're only you know basically an hour away from philadelphia mm-hmm. so why not just move that headquarters to philadelphia where it's more of a bigger city right right yeah. right well they but, must have uh, had connections and and think about it, that was before the day of internet and such so it's not like they it wasn't that easy to bring stars in i would imagine right yeah and and if i'm not mistaken i think i met up with a guy um, that works for this company, Claire okay. Global, Global. And like I said, I think they do with all the speaker setups for like uh, concerts and stuff like that. Okay. And I think they're regarded as like one of the best in the world at doing this. Hmm. Interesting. So I know, yeah. um, I know there's a place in uh, Lebanon, Pennsylvania that's pretty big into that too. In fact, they set up a lot of the speakers for the Hershey concerts. Who's that? Uh, you know what? It's, it's on the way Not to ring. Palmyra. It's on. Uh, 
I, I don't remember, okay. but I, I know I know we uh, used them for the radio station that you and I worked in. We've okay. used them for them to like help us with our speaker setup and such when we would do on-site locations just to get sure. it all fixed up and ready to go. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's inter- that is interesting, and I'm glad I kind of brought that up because that uh, you gave us a good idea. Maybe we can talk. Let's see if we can uh, get a hold of somebody there that be willing to talk to us. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to know a little bit of the history there involved. Absolutely. So most definitely. Well, Troy, I think uh, I think we've uh, kind of hit a lot of avenues here. So <laughs> what do you what think? We like to do right. That's right. That's right. I, I don't see why not. You know, we talk about pop culture. We talk about birthdays. We talk about it all. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it for this week. Um, and uh, I'm interested if we can get a hold of somebody from Claire Global there. That'd yeah, nice. let's make it a goal. I would love to hear more about them. And, uh, yeah, because I want to I know how, like, they even transitioned from what they were doing to what they're doing now. And, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of see where, where their head's at. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it was great talking to you again this week, and uh, I hope, uh, yeah, hope we can uh, hope we can find you guys a guest uh, to yep. talk about and talk to, and uh, see where we can go from there. Yeah, everyone have a safe week, and uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. And like like Howie said, there, hopefully, we'll have a guest lined up for you next week. Most definitely. Well, until next week, guys. Uh, like Troy said, be safe and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another episode. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at StayTunedTNH. Email us, StayTunedTNH at gmail.com. And uh, whichever podcast avenue you're listening to us on, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And until next week, stay tuned.